0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
1: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2.
1: Hey everybody! Welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 293.
0: Um, before we get started, this is this week is going to be kind of the rewind episode. I have a couple, three or four of my favorite ones that we're going to play um, this week, and I think you'll really enjoy them. Some of them are from way way back, and some of them are a little bit more recent. But um, I can't imagine anyone has listened to all 300 of these podcasts, so went back and picked a few of my favorites. Um, but before we get dive into this. This rewind episode, I'd like you to um, go over and check out our sponsor, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. It's not only durable and easy to break down, which I can tell you it definitely is, it has every workout, everything you'd ever want. People over there will take really good care of you. Uh, I promise you that. And uh, I mentioned Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $300 off your next purchase. So when you hit up your AD or your youth coach or your AU program or your summer program or your college AD, say, hey, Coach Unplug will give us; they'll give us three hundred dollars off. All we got to do is mention it. So, go over and do that. Um, we would also love if you took a thirty seconds and and left us a question down below. Down below, there's a link in the show notes. Um, leave us a question. You know, if you have a question, probably ten other coaches have the exact same question. We would we would love to to answer those and and make that a Monday kind of routine that's kind of our goal is we get enough of these questions to make it kind of a Monday routine question question and answer so but we need your questions to be able to do that so go over and check it out and don't forget about TeachUps.com, coaches you want to get better all right let's head off to the to, to coach sir this was uh this was definitely high on my list as far as podcasts that that I love to do and uh, he's just a great one I actually flew you out to Vegas to, to coaching you to to hear him and um I think you'll really enjoy this podcast. Enjoy. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged 2.0, I guess I'm going to call it. Um, We're super excited that you've come back. Uh, We've been on kind of a two-week hiatus here um, getting content, editing, figuring out the kind of the zip and the zap and the pivot and where we kind of wanted to go with um, Coach Unplugged. And I think we've got the secret sauce. I think we've got what we want to do for all of you now. Um, so I'm going to start it out. We're going to start at the top of the mountain here. I'm, gonna, I'm for sure. We're going to start with Coach Sir, who is um, the founder of Coaching You. Um, you will, you will love this podcast. I guarantee it. Um, it is going to be broken up into two days. Um, there's a little bit of audio issues that we had. Um, so if if it goes in and out, hang on, it will be five, six seconds. I think I've taken care of most of the audio issues. Um, but I think it's going to be a great podcast. I would ask that you also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, it is a great time in the off season to become a better coach. It's when I delve in. That's why I'm doing these interviews. It's why I'm delving into into my library and doing those kind of things because I also want to become a better coach. Um, so I'd ask that you go over and and check that out. Uh, it's a 14 day free trial. Subscribe and like, no matter what what you're doing here, and we love those reviews on iTunes. If you could do that. Um, we would surely appreciate this and if you could share with other coaches um, I don't I don't talk about that a lot but um, I think it's a great great thing for us to be able to share kind of what we know so um, we're gonna go head off talking talk to coach sir here and uh, enjoy all right welcome to coach unplugged um, I am super excited I did not tell coach this as we were talking beforehand but uh, he was on my top ten list of people I wanted on Coach Unplugged. I figured I'd send an email, see if I got a response. And I'm so excited that I have Coach Sir here with me. Um, so, you know, you you know, you've made it, Coach, when you got your own Wikipedia page. So, you <laughs> do I
1: have, do I have one? You do, you do. Oh, it's, really? Yes. That's so cool.
0: it, it, it goes it, through. I
1: did not. I did not know that. That's it awesome. does.
0: And it goes through, it goes through that you start, it goes through your playing career. Obviously I did some other research, Uh but it goes through your playing career. And then it goes, you started out in the, in the NBA and then you went to the collegiate level. Did I get that right? Or did I flip flop that?
1: I I started, I started at college level uh, with Dick Vitale Uh, when I was 21 years old. uh, I went from, didn't even graduate in college yet. I had two months to go to graduation and. Right around this time of year, Dick Vitale was the assistant coach at Rutgers University. He got passed over for the head coaching job when they had a coaching change, and he got the job at this terrible, terrible job at the University of Detroit. Which uh, back then uh, there there were there were independents. There were major college college division. There were independents, and DePaul, Marquette, Detroit, Dayton, Louisville. Those guys were all independents and we were one of them but it was a awful program and (laughs) it just come off some bad stuff going on there and they they brought dick in and uh back then you could only have two assistants full-time and uh i worked dick's camps in the summer as a college player you know just to learn how to coach and teach and Play basketball, workout every day when I was supposed to be coaching, and I uh, was running the camp, kids' camp. And so I worked for Dick for four years, as uh, you know, in the summer. And right. he uh, calls in and says, "Hey, I want you to come and uh, be my assistant." I said, "Really? Like really?" You know, and uh, I I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I didn't know what the, I didn't know anything about. You know, college coaching, and I went there, stayed with him for a year, came back east. To Fairfield University, which was a another big uptown power in the east, even though it was a Jesuit school, with only like Marquette is and right. Detroit is, ironically, and uh, with only twenty five hundred students, but we were top twenty five team in the country, and uh, and stayed there for five years. Had a tremendous team, and then uh, uh, my high school coach was U B Brown, and oh, U B brought me to the <laughs> Atlanta Hawks, and Mike and Mike Fratello, who I kind of grew up with, was four years older than me, went to the same college as I did, but Mike was the other assistant, and the great Frank Layden uh, had left me in an assistant there to become general manager of what became the Utah Jazz. So that's how I got to pro basketball. And, okay.
0: And you were there a long time didn't I mean, you, were that. The, you were with the bad
1: boys. The You were with the bad boys. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that bad was boys. my year yeah, we were there we were
1: there that, that was fun and uh, yeah so I was there with the bad boys with Isaiah and Dumars and Rodman and Lambier and Mahorn and you know Aguirre and uh, Dantley and Vinnie Johnson and those guys of the John Sally and there's just an incredible team you know best team I've ever had and obviously in the back-to-back world championships and then Chuck and I were fortunate enough to have the, the dream team and the first time professionals ever went to the Olympics in '92, and at the same time, that concurrently, we, we made a move from the Pistons to the New Jersey Nets. Uh, the coach there, and that's where I'm from, Jersey. So I told him how beautiful it was. He should have <laughs> known better, but uh, yeah. it, you know. But <laughs> we we went there. And uh, we had a good time. We had good young players like Derek Coleman as a second year player, Kenny Anderson as a rookie, and Drazen Petrovich boomed to become a star. And uh, unfortunately, Chuck only stayed two years and uh, became disenchanted with a few things. And he retired what we felt was retirement. And uh, I went and coached in the CBA. Uh, For a couple of years and joined then my friend Isaiah Thomas when he took over the Toronto Raptors uh, as an owner and general manager I went with Isaiah and then Chuck decided to go back into coaching and went to the Orlando Magic and Isaiah was nice enough to let me out of a long-term contract to go with Chuck and uh, I thought and you know, it, it was a great situation for me and my family and so I went down there and, uh, again, the unfortunate part, Chuck was 67. Uh, you know, right. You know, the, we had a good plan, you know, that he would coach the team for about three years and then I would take over after two years, he got discouraged and, uh, and quit again. And so that was unfortunate. So, uh, you know, so I've had. You know, 30 years in the league, uh, you know, many years also as a, an executive in the league. Uh, ran the CBA as a quote-unquote commissioner and then also owned a team for about seven years in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, and then have the last 10 years I've also been involved uh, with the NBA Players Association, which is the number one union in the world of anything. And uh, just an amazing group of people and the teachers leadership and coaching to our players that won't have a desire. I had a good time. Oops. Losing a little bit. And at the end, I coached at the university of central Florida with Michael Jordan's sons. And then, uh, the last couple of years, two years, I, I came to LSU, uh, came here, frankly, to coach Ben Simmons. And, uh, and that was a very rewarding experience. I'm right. very proud
0: of him. And you made something early on that 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 I want to unpack for the. There's a lot of young coaches that listen to this. That sure. you know, you you um sure you put your time in with Coach Vital before he hired you. I think people think they're going to apply for a job and they're going to get it. And you know, like Coach K is a prime example. He doesn't hire anybody that hasn't played for him or he no. doesn't know really well. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Because you've had so many yeah. great jobs. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. Make sure you subscribe and like. Leave uh, leave some comments for us. We sure love those. Um, and if you have 30 seconds, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, it is a social community unlike any in the web. Um, it is a community of coaches, like-minded youth in high school. I guess we have a collegiate, some collegiate coaches, too, but um, all coming together, sharing our love of this game and sharing our information. So, um, go over and check it out www.teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Okay, go ahead. Good. You're going. So, so unpack what we were just talking about with the young coaches.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, what happened was uh, going back to when I was in uh, high school, I think it's really important. I, I played for UB Brown at, in in high school, Fairlawn High School in New Jersey. And, I had him as a sophomore, but ninth grade, he took took us all. When I was coming into their school, I was leaving a private school to come there as a ninth grader in my town. That's where I grew up. And he became our coach. And he was a great basketball coach, but we had no basketball tradition. We were a great big-time state champion football team. UB was the defensive coordinator. He's an incredible football coach. He was also our head baseball coach. He's a phenomenal baseball coach, and he was our basketball coach, and that's what he played in college and stuff. And and so what happened was, he took us to camp, and we were the I was the first campers ever at a camp called Five Star Basketball Camp.
0: Oh, you don't have to One tell me about Five Star. Five Star and Blue Chip; yeah. those are the two big ones. Yep.
1: Yeah, they yep. were great camps. Yeah, and there was no such thing as AAU basketball no. back then. It was it was if you were going to be recruited, you went to a big time basketball camp where it coaches show you in the summer league that yep. you played in. Yep. And uh, so I went there. We had only 48 kids the first year that I was there with UB and Garf, and all those people. Right. And right. Here, were, here were four of the lecturers that week at a 48-person camp. Bob Knight, who is the head coach of the United States Military Academy, Army, uh, Chuck Daly, the assistant coach at Duke University, George Ravling, who's the assistant coach of Villanova University, and obviously became a great, great coach. And so those are the people that were getting there. My fellow campers uh, became like, we had that six guys that played in the pros, but uh, the following year, uh, you know, that's when Rick Pitino came to the camp and the right. Seth Greenberg and his brother. So we started to get all these people coming in there, but that's when I learned how to coach. And uh, because the teaching at that camp was the most important thing, not the games that we played, we had stations, you know, (laughs) and, and, and so when I came back as a college player, after my freshman year in college, Garth let me teach a station coach in a, in the NBA level to the best players in the country. And I also got to coach a team in the NBA league, which was ridiculous. I mean, we had fabulous high school coaches then working at the camp, uh, Ralph Willard and people of that caliber and Pete Gillen and Mike Fertello. And those guys are all the coaches at the camp, but I'm getting the coach in that level league. And all of a sudden it, it, I knew when I was a sophomore in high school, I wanted to be a coach because UB had that much influence on me. So it was like, I, I picked my college to go to, not because, it was the best school because I knew I wanted to be a coach and I knew I wanted to be a high school teacher. So I said, well, I can't, even though I like English, I like history, I can't teach that stuff. I'd be bored to death. So, you know, my mom was a history teacher. So I, 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 I just wanted to be in the, gym. So I said, I'm going to major in physical education. So I picked one of the best PE schools in the country, which happened to be 10 miles from my home. And that's why I picked it. And because I knew I was going to be a coach. Now, 95 to 100% of kids that go to college now have no idea what they're going to major. Right. My kids didn't. And, and so I'm one of the few that knew what the hell I wanted to do. And right. I'm lucky. And I'm really lucky. And so that's how... I prepared for it, but it was I knew and I was prepared so that by the time I finished college, yeah, totally yeah, different was, era, right? It, it was a
0: different era, I think, as far as that, but I, I tell all the young coaches that you got to go out and connect. You got to go, and we'll come back and talk about Coach you and all that kind of stuff at the end, but it's about going out and meeting you got to meet the people that are the game changers, the people that understand the game, that understand all that. And, and when when I was growing up and I went to blue chip and I went to five star and that kind of stuff, that was where you had to go. And that's, you know, that's where the assistant coaches and all that went too. But um, it's interesting that you learn, you feel like you learn the game there. That's an interesting perspective.
1: Absolutely. Um, that's where I learned it. That's where I learned to teach it, you know, also.
0: Yeah. I I mean, Garf was great. I wish I'd have had him on. I I met him. We played in the beach ball classic down in South Carolina and I got to meet him and he kind of connected with one of my guys and, um, he was a pretty special man and, you know, he changed the way basketball is in the U.S. I think in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I was at that camp and I saw
1: especially in
0: the East coast, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely in the East coast. And he, you know, that whole, you wanted to make his list and I can remember all that stuff when you were growing up. Um, but I, I, went to, <laughs> I went to Blue Chips, which was in Rensselaer, Indiana, and I got to see a play Larry Bird one on one. It was awesome. Like, they, they came to camp and talked. Wow. Yeah, it was something for a 17 year old to see that. Um, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, what would you tell yourself as a younger coach? Were there any, is there anything you would do different? Is there anything you would do the same?
1: Uh, no, I, 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 well, for me, no, I, I wouldn't change anything because as my mom, when she passed away at 93. She said to me, you know, you've disappointed your dad and I, you know, you never got to use your college degree. <laughs> I said, uh, no, I haven't. Mom, I, coached, I coached 30 years in the NBA. No, I never got to use it because right. I never taught in high school. Right. Never had the opportunity. That was my whole life's mission. Right. I wanted to be like UB. I wanted to coach in high school. so from that standpoint i, I, I you know I didn't fulfill of or goal because I went immediately into college. Uh, but the biggest thing is to prepare yourself. number one, uh as you mentioned, you need to make you know contacts uh and, you know it's relation the, everything in life is about relationships. Right, and it's, you know, there's a difference between networking and relationships. Yes, <laughs> I go. I was in San Antonio last weekend and Columbus, Ohio, for the women's final four and the men's final four, uh, representing Fast Model uh, Software, one right. of my sponsors. And yep. and so I know tons of women's coaches, tons of men coaches, and they all want to get a new job. I shouldn't say all; many, many want to get new jobs. Right, and it really pisses me off, frankly, because. I, I believe in, you know, the job you have is the best job in the world right now. You got to make it the best job. Right. And and you need to serve whoever you're serving then, whether it be the kids you're coaching, the school you work for, the head coach you work for. And so don't be trying to go. If you're going to move, let it happen somewhat organically, you know, rather than being out there self-promoting. Don't right. be a self-promoter.
0: Yeah, I love. Uh, I, I I I want to. Unpack, I think that's really big. What you just said that there's a difference between relationships and networking. I think that's that's a huge yeah. thing for the people listening. That you know, it obviously you have to have connections, but everything that I've done has been because of relationships I've built over time. Um, you know, people have asked me because I've been pretty successful at the high school level why haven't I made the the jump and you know, why, why would I have built these relationships? I'm making a difference sure. in lives. You know, sure. The, the, the grass isn't always green. <laughs> I think people forget.
1: Oh, well, oh no, that, that, that's a huge part of it. And, uh, so I'm watching at, in San Antonio last week. i love to watch people and I'm watching these coaches on the men's level, uh, running around like dogs in heat and, right. uh, you know, trying to, trying to get, What's next for them? And they don't even know about it. They're applying for jobs. They don't even know what state the school is in. They don't even know if they have a campus. You know, I, uh, George Raveling years ago said to me, Brendan, you and I were going to make up a name of a school. We'll put the damn thing in Florida, and we'll have a thousand applicants. Right? There'll be no school, but yes. we'll have a thousand applicants. And, and and he is the truth right there. And you know what? It doesn't even matter what the salary. There'll right. be that many. Right, and that's yeah. a sad state. Of, that's a sad state, you know. For for unfortunately, for our profession, you know, uh, you know, most of the places I've gone, I've stayed quite a while, right? And and, yeah. and you know, I I like to do that because I I, I make a commitment to help someone, and, and uh, recently, you know, I you know, I just I said to a coach that said, "Hey, uh, I'm really looking to move on." I said, "You were at a place for one year." Right. For one year, you know, wh- why you didn't, didn't you take this job? You moved your family there. Now you want to jump across the country again. And so that, that's a part of me that bothers me, but you know, I, you know, and everyone will come up and say, Hey, I want to be a college coach. A B I want to go in pros, you know? And I, I say, you know, it's kind of like water will find its level. You right. know, uh, I don't want a college coach coming to me that, uh, gets fired or is put on probation and say, Oh, I'm ready to work in the pros now. No, it's the highest level of basketball. It's not not a halfway house. And so, (laughs) you know, so, you know, you know, we pay more than anyone else. So you, you, if you're lucky enough to get there, you're going to get there because you're really good and you have great relationships with people that are running or coaching the team. That's it. You might not be the best coach for the job. And many of the guys that are coaching the league are not in some capacity. I don't mean head coaches are not the best coaches, but they have a relationship with the people that are running the team or coaching the team. Right. And that's the thing. And, and so I've never, when I was running the Knicks with Isaiah, I would get a thousand applicants a year for various jobs in our organization. And I was in charge of hiring and, you know, and and all these applicants that I'd get for five years, I never hired one person based on their resume because I don't know if what you have on that is true. First right. Of all. Right. I have no idea. And, and so I, I if, but if a friend of mine who I value who they are very much calls me and says, Brendan, you need to talk to Joe Blow. Yep. He's really good. And here's why I'm going to talk to that person. Right. And that's the way I feel. Most of the hiring is done, and you be told. I'm sorry, Chuck Bailey told me that years ago. You never get a job, a good job, with a resume. Right. You get good jobs based on relationships.
0: Yep. And I've told people I, what it does. What the relationship does, and, the, and I've told, and I and I tell my students this too. I I tell them that it opens a door. Now, whether you walk through the door and whether you stay in that room is up to you. A relationship yes. will just maybe get you a conversation. It will maybe get you. Um, a door opened, that's why I say education, that's what education does, education opens doors, it doesn't necessarily mean, you're a prime example of that, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going it, to, I said, if you if you don't go to college, then it's going the door, do you want that door closed, I don't think you do, you want it open just in case, um, so that's why I talk to my students about that all the time, too, um, I great, think,
1: great point,
0: yeah, I was, talking to, I was listening to your last podcast. I was doing some homework before this, and you were talking about Coach Beeline. I think it's a pri- he's a prime example of someone that has worked his way up. He, I mean, for mm-hmm. every coach out there, he should be the poster child of high school, junior college, small college, mid-major, high I mean, he's the guy that's – and you can see he knows the game. He knows how to – relationships
1: with kids. He knows how to coach. He's the guy, you know, I've known John for a long time. And the thing that really impresses me about him is that he keeps changing his style. You know, he, and, and, that, and that's very hard to do as a coach. You know, he was a guy that had a very good system, a very unique system, a lot of ball movement, a lot of screening, a lot of, very disciplined, uh, played a 131 half-court lane defense that was very difficult to attack. Yep. He goes to Michigan, gets his ass kicked for a couple of years, doesn't, re- doesn't know anyone in Michigan, doesn't, hasn't recruited there, doesn't have any local coaches. Next thing you know, he changes completely. Right. He changes completely. And I give him so much credit for that. And, and now his offensive style, you'd think the guy's coaching Golden State. Right. I mean, they are, they, they, they are free-flowing, uh, tons of pick-and-rolls, great spacing. Uh, you know, his players really know how to play pick-and-roll. And I give that man a lot of credit because you know, he, he has so much confidence in teaching the game that he has gone and learned how to teach something different. Right. And most coaches at college refuse to change. Yep. I can go when I coach in college. I can I can almost bet that a coach I'm coaching against if I've been there five years, I don't even have to go worry about new scout report. He's doing the same damn thing every year. Right. It's a joke. Yes. It is. Pros, it, 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 pros, it changes every freaking two weeks.
0: Right. Every two weeks and there's and there's so much analytics and stuff going on in the NBA. Well, both levels. Absolutely. But, but um I, I want to unpack this a little bit more because I think this for a lot of the young coaches this is a big, this is a big thing that, you know, I think back to when I, I we were talking about having coach Wesley and you know, some of those players I had in that era, we were up and down. We were, we weren't loyal a merrymount of old, but we were up and down. My, mm-hmm. my, my system has changed because I don't have those kind of players anymore. Now I'm probably a poster child for the shot clock at the high school level. Um, <laughs> but
1: I, I wanting, that, wanting no shot clock right
0: yes so yeah,
1: you don't want a shot clock you're a typical I, I, damn high school coach yeah, now oh god know, <laughs> yes
0: so, so but, but i don't have those players so i want to give my guys the best right. opportunity to win so I, I would love to go up and down the court and, and, and sure. you know be in the 90s but if you don't have you know you can't make chicken soup out of chicken you know what um so, yeah yeah so I I think that is for for the young coaches it's like I think they all want they all look at now like Villanova they all look at this it's like I think a big a big thing for young coaches is you have to look at your players especially at the high school level if you're a high school coach and what do you have coming and what do you have now and what style will fit them and you might have to change that every 2 years every year who knows
1: That's the beauty of coaching you know yeah. I one of you know I have two children. They're grown now. But I tell every clinic in uh, corporate speech I give, I say to the people in the audience, I said, listen, this is not an HR question. I said, but how many of you have children? And they'll raise their hand. And the ones that are single, I said, how many of you were once a child? And they'll laugh and they'll put their hand up. And I'll say, if you had more than one sibling in your family or you have more than one child, they're both the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they go, no, no. And my point is, if we've got 12 or 14 or 15 players on a team, you've got 12 or 15 different kids. So you've got to coach every one of them differently. Right. And, you know, that is, that is how, it's just like, you know, in the classroom, you know, when you're teaching a class, if you taught every student the exact same based on how profound, how they could perform, you right. wouldn't be doing them justice. Right. You've got to try to reach every child based on their ability. And it's the same deal in coaching. So if you, you, you know, if you had a, a, let's say you were teaching at the high school level, you're teaching advanced placement English. And all of a sudden, if you're not that sharp as a teacher, you're going to get your ass kicked in there because those kids demand so much from you <laughs> and you have to be sharp. Right. And so, you know, same thing in coaching. The hardest players to coach, in my opinion, are the best players. Right. They're the gifted students. So if you go to the NBA and you can't coach, those players, I don't care what the hell their SAT scores ever were, they're going to say, you know what? I don't know what the hell he's doing.
0: Right, right. No, I you, agree. Guys. I teach AP stats. That's what pays my bills. I'm an AP stats teacher. How about that? He's, yeah. So uh, I'm telling uh, you, if uh, I ain't uh, ready. So you, don't,
1: you don't let them play in the night before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll eat you. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. And, and and that's the beauty of this. And so they are so, now the, I don't mean this in a bad way, but bad players or slower students, you can do anything you want because They'll do whatever you tell them. They right. just won't be very good at it. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that's, so the hardest thing to do is to coach really talented, gifted people, uh, and to teach them because they are always demanding. Kevin Garnett, uh, Doc Rivers told me was the most demanding player he ever coached because he demanded excellence from Doc. Doc said he leaped in bounds coaching right. him because right. he made him, every day be a better coach right and that's the same with isaiah and Beer and guys like that if you didn't have your a game <laughs> they'd eat your life right yeah and that, and that that's the beauty of coaching and teaching and, and that's any profession. same skill set same, yep. same skill set yeah
0: it's any it's profession so let's let's do i got a couple questions then we'll do our rep and then i want to get back to coach coaching you sure. too. um so Let's. I want you to think of one coaching moment that we could dive into that you think our audience would, you know, anywhere in your thirty years, um, okay. they, they could learn from. Is there any coaching moment okay. over the last thirty years?
1: Well, I think uh, I'll, I'll go to a couple of moments, but one okay. one is a big thing. Like we have a lot of high school coaches on the call, right? You know, men and women. Probably the biggest thing that we need to do in our country is to kind of unify our rules so that we can develop kids properly yep. so that we can develop young men, young women to play at the next level. So the high school kids can go and play a college, whether it's D three or D one ball. Right. And so we need to play four quarters like we do in high school. We need to play that in college. Right. We played in the, every country in the world, except the United States men's basketball uses quarters. Now think mm-hmm.
0: about that. We went to halves yes. in our state. I was against it, but we went to halves. Oh,
1: I'm I know. Cool. Would would, would the damn governor say there's a budget cut? No, I mean, you know, it's almost like people say, well, we can't have a shot clock because a budget cut, you know, I'm I'm joking on that, obviously. Right. I love your governor. Uh, So, you know, one of the the things that, uh, you know, so I I really wish we would teach the clock because I go and do clinics all over the world and I'd love to watch a 14-year-old kid in Argentina or China or somewhere in Germany. Running the ball up to court with a 24-second clock, eight seconds to get the ball over to half-court line. Isn't that great? I mean, and it's all about teaching young people to make quick decisions. Right. That's and would you, would you make everything 24? Everything. Everything. Yes. Everything. Because that's the way we play the game. Oh, it's 24 seconds. Yes, yeah. okay. 24 okay. seconds.
0: After Thanks, everybody. I hope you love that. Um, there's going to be part two is going to be tomorrow. Um, and again, I apologize a little bit for um, the in and out with the audio. We had a little bit of uh, internet issues, but I, you know, it's, this was such an important podcast for us to get out to you. Um, and I think you're going to see that tomorrow you're going to even get some more tidbits. So, um, and make sure you subscribe and like, go over and check out teachoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports social podcast network.